Welcome to the Guided Lines Podcast, the best place for tips, tactics, and stories from fishing guides around the world. And now your host, Jake Baker. What's going on, everybody, and welcome back. I'm your host, Jake Baker, and this is episode number eight of the Guided Lines podcast featuring Shane Stewart of Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, Shane and I had an awesome conversation today. He's a great guy. Uh, we talk about everything from fly fishing to his love of music, which took him to Nashville. Uh, we also talk about fishing the Caney River, and he gives us some tips and tactics for sight fishing trout. Uh, before we jump in, a little bit of housekeeping. You know I got to do it to you. Uh, follow us on Instagram at Guided Lines Podcasts. If you are a guide yourself and you think you'd like to come on the podcast, Shoot me an email, guidedlinesinfo at gmail.com. Also, if you're listening on iTunes right now, go ahead, review and rate, and make sure you're subscribed already. Uh, All of that helps us immensely, so just go ahead and do it right now. Um, We're not going to wait for you, but the podcast will still be going on. Uh, If you're an Android user, don't worry. We're also coming to Stitcher soon. So um, with all that out of the way, let's get into it. This is episode number eight featuring Shane Stewart. All right. On the line with me today, we've got Shane Stewart from Efficient in Nashville, Tennessee. Shane, how are you, sir? Good. How are you doing, Jake? I'm doing really well. Appreciate you coming on. Anytime, man. Anytime. Awesome. So uh, let's jump right into it. How's the fishing been lately? Fishing's been good. Um, I'm sure everybody has been experiencing some crazy weather. We've had some gnarly storms roll in and out of the area. So our bass fishing has been pretty, you know, off and on, depending on the water color and all that jazz. But right. consistency has been on the court. Um, and that's, you know, our primary trout fishery around here. It's one of the only places in middle Tennessee where, you know, these trout get a chance at year round cold water, you know, Nashville's a very warm place and, you know, trout don't like warm places. So, you know, Center Hill Dam is providing us a consistent place to catch fish, uh, regardless of the weather. So pretty good overall, pretty good. Very cool. So talk a little bit about the fishery in general. Um, you know, I, I think when a lot of people talk about, uh, you know, a, a fishing, a fly fishing guide out of Nashville, um, you know, they probably their minds automatically go to, you know, bass, carp. Um, but from the Instagram right. that you have and, you know, some of the pictures that you've shared with me, you guys are catching some, you know, pretty good sized trout down there. So talk a little bit about the fishery um, and the trout specifically. Yeah, so as I said, you know, we primarily are out on the Caney Fork, um, and there's a pretty strong plastic hatch out there right now. Um, So we've got, you know, kayaks and canoes of all sizes, Um, you know. So pretty much you've got to dodge a lot of plastic in there, and it's (laughs) mainly used as like a a recreational recreational. Not to, not to interrupt you real or to interrupt you real quick. You did you say a plastic hatch? I've never Go heard anybody it. say that before. That's great. Yep, yep. Plastic <laughs> hatch is the term we use around here. It's real. It starts around June and it ends around August. That's um, great. Pretty consistent. Um, sort of big red top water stuff. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I mean, a lot of people are floating over trophy trout and they don't even realize it. So I just had a trip the other day. 
with uh, my buddy Sam Moore. And, you know, we wade fished it, and we're pretty subject to generation schedules. Um, Center Hill Dam, which Caney Fork comes out of, is pretty good about it. Uh, you know, they adhere to their schedules very well. But the other day, they switched it up on us, and so we had to do the what we call the Caney Fork shuffle of, um, you know, hopping down river and beating the high water if you're waiting. And then right. I actually got my boat dropped off at the river by my buddy Colton Breeding. And so he dropped it off for us, saved the day, we floated it. And, you know, my buddy is relatively new to fly fishing. He started, you know, last summer while he was in Montana. And we were about to float down a side channel, right? This is probably one of the coolest experiences I've had guiding. So um, we were about to float down the side channel. I was like, all right, man, just cast your fly in front of the boat. Because I, you know, it could be something big where we're going to float. And, you know, we might catch it and or we could float over it and spook him. So he does that. He's stripping it in, you know, and he pulls it over this one log. I'm not joking, man. Probably uh, a brown trout pushing 24. Wow. Uh, pushing 24 inches, big, big old kipe on him. Uh, came up, and I mean, I'm probably like six feet from the boat. He followed it like six feet from my boat. And so I saw him, client saw him. And so I immediately, you know, dropped the anchor as quietly as I could. And I was like, okay, this is, there's two things that are going to happen. I'm going to spook this fish. And, you know, our shot at him is over and we're just going to go on side channel or this thing is not even going to be phased by us because of the plastic hats. Right. So there's so many boats going down the river. These fish are almost immune to it. Right. Um, so we dropped it and we dropped the anchor and my boat was no joke, six feet from that log I was telling you about that he came out of. And, um, he's just like, Oh, he came up, looked at the fly and just went straight down the bottom and just hung out next to us for like, we were sitting there next to this trophy fish for like five to 10 minutes. That's wild. Um, and so he was, we could see him eat. Yeah, we could see him eating. We could see him chasing other like 20 inch fish out of his hole. Um, he was nipping at their tails. He was flashing. And so gave him a, gave him a few minutes to cool off um, and, you know, retied on a bunch of different stuff. Tried yellow, tried white, tried olive, tried small, tried big. And I'm not kidding, man. We saw the cat in a ball of yarn like attitude with this trout so everything <laughs> we threw at him he came up he came up and investigated it's like what is that and he's like you know nipping at it and he would actually like flip and smack it with like the side of his body and like tail like get out of here yeah and it was like it was one of the craziest i've never seen a trout interact with a fly in so many different situations for the length of time that it did it just showed how you know number one smart these fish are here and just how they're not even phased by like boats and everything. That's kind of a controversy around here. Um, you know that, Oh my God, if a five kayakers go by, you're not going to catch a fish for 15 minutes or something's going to put them down. And you know, my raft is, you know, 14 feet long and a giant big blue donut, if you will. And this fish was doing his thing. Absolutely unfazed. Could hundred percent see us hundred percent see us casting at him, you know? And so the, he eventually ate, he eventually ate a streamer. And uh, we were, my client was a little late on the hook set, so he uh, he spit it out. But it was probably like like after like eight to nine minutes of of literally playing just with this it. fish, like we were, it was like we were, yeah, we were having, you know having to play it with this hog brown. Um, but I don't know, it's that just kind of sums up our fishery. It's like it's very very tough to catch these big fish here, but you know you got to go when. You know, there's little pressure on the river during the middle of the week is a really good time to get out there. That's when I prefer to do most of my personal fishing. Um, and then, you know, 
we've got a ton of different species in the river too. You know, we've seen people catching walleye in there, white bass, you get largemouth, smallmouth. And you get down river too, there's just so many different opportunities. The river is just a really special place. But the upper section by the dam, yeah, there's some monster monster rainbows and monster browns in there some of them hold over some of them are broke breeder fish that they dumped in there uh from the teleco if i'm not sure if you're familiar with the teleco river i'm not no um there's a hatchery okay so there's a hatchery on the teleco river out in uh, east tennessee and this past summer we had a huge drought here so we had really low water for a while and the water for the hatchery was too warm so they took a bunch of those trophy breeder fish you know all 20 inch plus fish and they dumped them in three tailwaters. Um, and one of the ones that they really concentrated on was the Caney Fork, just because the proximity of transporting the fish. Um, so they dumped them in there, and, you know, they've got tags on them. We pulled a couple of them out, but most of the fish we're pulling out that are monsters are, you know, pulled over fish that were put in there, you know, when they were little babies, right? you know, from the hatchery close to us. Um, and so it's just a – I was blown away. You know, I'm from Chicago. Um, and I came down here and the last thing that I, you know, I came down here for music and the last thing that I thought I would, you know, end up targeting is, is trophy brow trout and rainbow trout. Right. Um, you know, you, you see the monster bass, you see the, you know, the stripers in the lakes here. Um, you know, that's primarily what people are, you know, think of thinking of when they, you know, Nashville comes to mind. So yeah. it's just, it's cool to give people an option. And, you know, it kind of feels like you're out west. There's huge cliffs out there. You know, it's all green. It's beautiful. Birds are chirping. Um, and, I mean, the best thing is that there's huge fish. You know, we probably had about, you know, four or five fish over the 20-inch range um, chase, you know, or play with the fly the other day with my with my client. So That's awesome. Streamer fishing is, yeah, streamer fishing is hot out there. Right. So, so you know, you mentioned being from Chicago. Where did you kind of get your passion for trout fishing? Um, I know you have gone out west uh, as well um, and, and f- um, guided some fly fishing in Colorado. Um, you know, what kind yeah. of sparked that passion, um, specifically growing up in a place where, you know, obviously the driftless is not too far away. You can go to, you know, a couple of tributaries of the St. Joe in southeastern Michigan um, you know, what kind of, yep. what kind of led you to, to find the trout and really pursue that as kind of your love and almost your main species? Yeah. So how I got into fly fishing is there's a, a fly fishing class at the community center, uh, my town, Lake Forest in Illinois, and my parents signed it, signed me up for it. You know, you got a, a, a white river rod outfit, um, you know, and so it was like my first rod and everything. And the guy took us to a private pond, caught fish. And, you know, it's, I just was like, man, this is like hand to hand combat. So I got really into it. And then my family had always been going out to uh, Jackson hole, Wyoming ever since I was a little kid. And I essentially, that's where I just got hooked. I got spoiled. Um, the dry fly fishing out there is unparalleled. And, you know, that's where I really honed in my skills and, you know, taught myself and you know learn from all those amazing guides out there um you know how to target these fish and you know it's there's a couple of spring creeks that i've fished in out there too where i mean you're legitimately stalking like the fish of a lifetime it almost feels like you're in new zealand and you know you've got to use like 7x leader and like size 22 betas and, and it's just like you know, you get like one chance at these fish. And if you do get them to eat, they're going to go under, a, you know, a cut bank that's like three feet deep. 
So it's, it was, that was one of the places where I really like learned how to like sight fish and like target big fish and study fish's feeding patterns and see what part of the water column they're in, you know, flip a rock, see what they're eating. You know what I mean? What are they doing? Are they, you know, swinging for midges? Are they, you know, coming up and eating the mergers? Are they eating stuff off the surface? That's obviously the most fun situation if they are. Right. Um, and then, so I kind of took what I learned out in Wyoming and applied it to the Caney fork. Um, and I primarily sight fish. Um, if there's low water and the dam isn't up, if the dam is pumping a lot of water out, we'll just go and target structure and huck streamers. Um, fish will be up against the structure. Um, and then, you know, but if there's low water and it's like, it turns in, it turns into like a, a trout stream, if you will. So there's a, uh, about a 3000 CFS difference from when the generator's pumping and when it's not. So oh, wow. it's, um, it's, yeah, it's a That's huge good difference. difference. Yeah. And so, oh yeah. yeah. So when, when they turn that thing off, all those fish get pushed down the banks into their, you know, into these certain runs and these certain holes. And, um, that's, you know, that could be some of the best times, you know, target rainbows that are just fat and strong and huge. Um, so yeah, low water is ideal around here for like nymphing. Um, and then, you know, when we get that high water rolling through, we are hucking meat for those big boys that come out because they get a little more, they, they're a little more at ease. They're, you know, a little more comfortable. They've got more water. They've got more cover that comes up, you know, they got more trees on the banks to go hide in and ambush. Right. Um, so yeah, we got a little bit of it all here, man. And it's, it's a really special spot. Yeah. That's um, awesome. Um, so I know you were, you know, you're speaking a little bit to, um, sight fishing, uh, is that your is that your favorite kind of way to to approach trout fishing? And if so, give a couple tips. You know, someone sees a trout or someone's out trout yeah. fishing for the first time. Um, you know, I, I think for a lot of people who don't fish trout, including myself, um, you know, that seems to be a little bit intimidating. I think some people put that up there as kind of the the holy grail of fly fishing. Um, so, right. you know, speak to kind of, you know, some tips or, or anything like that for kind of first timers out there looking to, uh, start sight fishing trout. Yeah. So obviously, you know, trout are very good at camouflaging themselves. Like, I mean, that's why they're still a species in the first place. So, um, you gotta, the first step to sight fishing is reading water. I mean, you're, if you're looking at a river, it can be extremely overwhelming and be like, oh, my God, where are these things? Like, I just see water. You know, it's just like I can't see these fish. You know, they're, these fish are going to be concentrated. The bigger fish are going to be concentrated in certain areas of the rivers, you know, riffles, you know, drop-offs, color changes. I love fishing the color changes um, in a river. So, you know, they just want a place to hide and, and a place to be really hard to see so that's why sight fishing is almost the holy grail because if you see a fish you can target it you can figure out what he's eating and you can be patient with it and you can you know reap the rewards it's you know you patience is rewarded in, in the sight fishing world and my biggest tip is you know go at it with the attitude of i got to be patient for this thing you know i mean sometimes you could and you could be casting at a certain fish and changing flies and you know running the gamut of the fly box for, you know, 30 minutes and then boom, he eats and, you know, maybe he spits it. You miss the hook set. You know, there's tons of things that can happen. And, uh, but it all starts with, you know, finding that fishy water 
and essentially looking for the color changes, the drop-offs, the, uh, the, the bubble lines, you know, all these fish essentially like to hang out in the foam. I always say foam is home. Um, so that's always a good place to start your, um, I guess, sight, sighting of the fish because, you know, that's where they're going to be concentrated. And you have a better chance of being able to see one. And then that's the hardest part, you know, is seeing this fish. And then the next, the second hardest part is getting the fly in front of his face. So little fish, I'm sure a lot of people realize, are very eager to eat. They will come up for things. They will move. They will move great distance to go eat, you know, a nymph or a dry fly or anything like that. These big fish, they've got the best, they've got the best flocks in the river. You know, they, they chase these little fish out of their runs. So they don't need to move too much. They've got it figured out. So. Um, they don't need to move too much for these nymphs and, you know, streamers or whatever. And right. so, you know, I always suggest drifting nymphs to a big fish fly first. So what that means is cast upstream of them, give a nice big upstream mend, or, you know, depends on what the current is like in front of you. Um, and then so give a big upstream mend, make sure that indicator is upstream of those flies. And so what that does is in a place that's pretty pressured, like the Caney Fork or a lot of tailwaters in the U.S., um, a big circle on the, you know, big pink circle or big bobber on the surface uh, before, you know, a fly coming through is enough to spook these fish or just be like, oh, yeah, I know what's coming next. You know, these things see so many flies every day and, you know, see so many plastic hatches coming through that, you know, it, you really got to be stealthy in both your, you know, approach, you know, coming up to the hole, you know, never, you know, if you see a fish, you spot them, never try to get up right on them. Don't, don't get too close to it. You know, give them some space. If you can stay on the bank and make a good cast, that's always ideal. Um, and then, but yeah, it's just kind of, you got to find them. You got to, you got to first out, find out where they're hiding and then drift a fly. And then once you get the perfect drift and the perfect food combo, um, they will typically eat. And a good way to choose a fly is if you see, see a fish hanging out in a run, maybe go a little downstream of them, keep an eye on it, flip a rock and see if you can figure out why he's on the bottom. So why, you know, typically these fish are going to be, you know, eating around here, they're going to be eating a lot of midges and uh, scuds which are, you know, tiny little guys. We get them probably yeah. around like size 20, size 22. Um, and so that is, you know, I don't really have to flip rocks anymore because it's such a, there's such a recipe out at the Caney Fork for um, success that, you know, if you know the etymology of the river, then you can kind of skip that step. But it's always a good, um, it's a good habit to go and, you know, flip a rock and see what you can uh, match with what's in your fly box. Very cool. I mean, those are, yeah, it's, it's, it's exciting. It's definitely my favorite method of fly fishing because <laughs> you can kind of skip the little fish if you want. <laughs> right, right, so, right, right. Well then um, to everybody out there who's listening, that's how you catch trout. Go, so go start, go start catching trout. It's, it's just that easy, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's, um, it's definitely muscle memory there's a lot of practice i've been fly fishing since i was like eight yep um and i'm 24 now 
So, I mean, it's, it's just become like kind of like second nature to me. And so that's kind of why I started getting into guiding. It's because I, you know, I like to say fly fishing has saved my life in terms of, you know, giving me a healthy habit, giving me a time to turn off my brain from looking at screens and, you know, thinking about, you know, oh my God, I got to be somewhere in an hour. I got to be somewhere in 30 minutes. It's like, what is time when you're out there? Like, you check your watch, like, oh my God, it's five. Like, geez, right. like, you, you forget what time is when you're out there. Yeah. So flies by when you're like having fun. Why I started getting into guiding. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. It's, it's so, cheesy as that. It's uh, cheesy as that sounds. It's really true. Oh man, it really is. Like it's, I don't know. It's a blessing to be able to, you know, have a passion that you can just kind of tune everything out and just be in the moment because our society is not very in the moment right, right now. So, um, yeah. it's always awesome to get out there and, you know, meet other people that are doing it too. There's a, we have a great community here. There's so many cool people that I've met on the river. I've made some, some of my best friends out there. Um, you know, we're creating this thing called efficient, you know, which is going to be like a group of people that are just stellar fishermen from, you know, all over the country. Um, just kind of tr- create like a national, you know, support network and, you know, try to harp on some conservation angles and, um, you know, try to protect the, you know, the only reason we're here is water, you know, Life right. originated from water, so I think we should treat water pretty well. Um, and, you know, it's just people just don't know, you know, for the most part. So we're going to try to really, you know, educate people and, you know, try to create a better environment for everybody involved. Um, you know, so that's kind of where we're going and, you know, spread the passion, and but in a healthy manner and, you know, try to, I don't know, get some boots on the ground to help us spread the messages. That's kind of the ultimate goal. And yeah, well, that's, I think that that's awesome. You know, as a, as a Midwest kid myself, um, you know, obviously the great lakes are, you know, have have been a huge part of my life growing up. So I think the whole kind of play towards conservation of water and, and help kind of helping all that out. um, You know, I think that that's great. You know, in addition to, um, you know, conservation of fish as well. So, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, one leads to the other and vice versa. Right. And, you know, if you're doing both at the same time, you're truly making an impact, you know, yep. and it, it starts, you know, it starts with one person, you know, it starts with, you know, I just, it's pretty funny. The other day we were hiking back on that trip and I found a, um, a baggie with people's car keys and people's like debit cards and like all that kind of stuff. And then Uh-oh. like a, you know, a, a little tag, like a keychain tag from the, the canoe rental service here. So I went and dropped that off. But, you know, it's just it's as little as just picking up a piece of trash that you see. Right. If, you know, one million people that are fishing every year are picking up a piece, one piece of trash each that, you know, compounds. Have them pick up two pieces of trash. You know what I mean? Like it's the impact that, you know, humans can have when you you know, do anything to a larger scale is just great. Yeah. And, and I think you're starting you know, to see, I think you're starting to see people do that more and more too. Um, you know, I remember going yeah. out with my grandfather and my dad and, you know, there would be trash on the ground and we would just kind of walk by it cause that was somebody else's trash. But it, I definitely think that there's, there's a movement you see more and more guys coming back to the truck, um, with, you know, like a pocket full of trash that they just picked up on their way back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, I always 
tell people thank you if you know we see that happening and all that kind of stuff and it's you know it gives you a warm fuzzy feeling you know and you right. know that you know there's other people that are minded and you know that care about it too yeah i mean because you know anybody can go down there with corn and you know just rip a bunch of stalkers out and you know disobey the slot limits and all that kind of stuff but you know you almost got to be you know, educating these people that you see doing that too. It's like, no, that you can keep those fish. Those are illegal. You know, let that go, you know? So it's, um, there's definitely like, I've learned there's a lot of education that needs yeah. to be, um, put in place, whether that's people getting educated online, you know, via social media, via extra signs at the river, via people just knowing what's going on and communicating with each other. Um, you know, I think that it is, like you were saying, it is like coming back and being a hot topic right now of, you know, let's protect this environment because it's really the only one we've got. Um, so I think people are starting to realize that and starting to, you know, definitely starting to mobilize. Right. I've noticed and uh, seen a lot of, you know, really, really, really conservation, you know, movements and you know i think we're going to start trying to do some something to promote people picking up trash in the local waterways maybe like find a sponsor or something to give away a reel yeah, or something awesome. like that and we're still looking at the details like that you know tag us in the photo of uh you know all the trash you picked up on the river you know to be honored blah 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 blah, blah. You, know, you know where that goes so, yeah yeah um just you know doing whatever we can to influence other people to do whatever they can and then maybe have them influence other people to do whatever they can and then you know the spider web just gets built and then hopefully everybody will be communicating and, um, you know, teaming up and becoming friends with each other. And, you know, cause it's, it's a passion. You meet another fly fisher on the river, there's right. a 95% chance you will get along with that person. So, yeah. um, it's, I love it, man. It's, it's awesome. a great community to be a part. Of. Yeah. And <laughs> you can definitely tell that's a passion of yours. So that's, that's awesome. Um, yeah. so kind of, just stepping off fishing quickly. Um, I know you got to wrap up here. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to keep you all day. Um, would love to, well, (laughs) here's my first question. I've, I've seen a lot of photos of you on Instagram and some of the other photos you've sent me and you're constantly where I'm calling you from Chicago right now. Um, I live in Chicago and you're always wearing, you're always wearing a black Hawk hat. Okay. What was it like? What was it like, uh, being a black Hawks fan in Nashville this year? Uh, you get a lot of heckling. Brutal, uh, I, I bet, don't know. Huh? It's fun. I lo- <laughs> yeah, I like to make it fun. I don't know, because it sparks conversation. And, yeah. you know, you get a, you know, from being from Chicago and being in Chicago right now, like, it's, it's, hockey is a very, I don't know. Yeah. Tough, tough brotherly love kind of thing. So, yeah, it's you know, wild. I take it, you know, we've got three cups. So yeah. I'm not I'm not too worried about it. But, I uh I'm originally uh, from yeah, Michigan. Uh so grew up a Red Wings fan. Okay. Um and then moved to Ooh. Chicago for college and you guys you know all of a sudden uh, a hockey team was here and they you guys started to win cups. So it's been uh yeah. you know it it it, it so, is it is what it is but uh, I had I had to give you a little bit of a poke there. However, we didn't make the playoffs this year. Oh, um no. so you know we're not we're not we doing do. any better. <laughs> Oh man, it's it goes in it goes in cycles, doesn't it? Yeah, so, absolutely. Had a good cycle. Yeah. Um, so what? Uh, uh, yeah, so the story about that. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say the story about that hat. So, I 
so in 2013 when we won the cup, I uh, I went to a, one of the games, you know, one of the Stanley Cup games, and we actually lost. So we were down two to one in the series, right? And I yep. had to go into the middle of the wilderness in North Carolina. Like I was, um, I was guiding a bunch of kids for a, a company called Lillard Fly Fishing Expeditions that summer. Okay. And so I went into the wilderness of North Carolina without knowing what what was happening. You know, in I, I you know I grew up playing hockey. It's one of my favorite sports. Um, it is my favorite sport. And so I was like, stressed is is a light word for you know being out there i was like what is we're losing like oh my god i don't know like what's happening right and so that season the season of that you know cup run i i went to a game on saint patrick's day and the first like ten thousand five thousand whoever whatever fans got a green black box hat and so um i wore that hat trying to be like all right this has got to be my lucky hat while I'm in the wilderness, right? You know, I just wore it all the time. You know, it's pretty beat up now, but, um, and then, you know, I ended up coming out of the wilderness and just getting flooded with like pictures of my friends at the parade, right. my mom freaking out, my family freaking out, like, you know, photos of, you know, whatever, how many people showed up, millions and millions of people roaming the streets of Chicago. All my friends were partying. I was just like, oh man, like, woohoo. Like we did it. Like I didn't get to watch anything. A <laughs> little bit of, you know, a little bittersweet so there for you. I, yeah, it was a little bittersweet, but that was the the birth of my lucky hat, and okay. it the, the hat has been treating me pretty well. Yeah. So um, you gotta keep it. You gotta keep it rolling if it's been treating yeah, you well. Yeah, I'm gonna freaking super glue that thing together if it ever comes to it. <laughs> So touch on real quickly, um, like I said, I know you got to go here. I don't want to keep you all day, uh, but I know music is a no big worries. passion for you as well. Um, you know, I, yes, t- talk about talk about your passion for music. What are you doing down in Nashville? Um, I think we'll get you out of here. No worries. So uh, I originally came down to Nashville for, uh, you know, finance and entrepreneurship at Belmont University. Uh, I am a firm believer that if you want to play music, you can play music. You don't, you know, you don't have to go to school for music. You know, you can, it's a passion that you can do and craft yourself. So um, I just, I've played in a bunch of bands since coming down here and, you know, have run the gamut of, you know, successes and, you know, failures and all that kind of stuff within the music industry. And so now I'm just kind of writing music on my own and just keeping my chops up and uh, trying to meet the right people. Um, and, you know, build a, build a really cool band. I love funk and blues and, you know, being from Chicago, it's, it's what I do. It's what I do best. And, yep. um, trying to, I'm working with a really cool drummer and we're going to start jamming a lot more here coming up. And, uh, I don't know, I'm hoping for some, for some cool things to start coming out of the works and, you know, create some groovy music and then, you know, maybe put some music over like how to videos that we create and stuff like that. And just, you know, try to Very synthesize cool. everything that I'm doing into one uh, one little spot. Very so, cool. Well, hey, uh, yeah. I actually just lit. Do you know about Kingston Mines here in Chicago? Pardon? Say that one more time. Uh, Kingston Mines here in Chicago. I don't know if you're familiar with it or not. I am not. Okay, but I it's will a, be after this. Yeah, check it out. It's it's a it's a bar here in Lincoln Park, um, and it's a blues bar, and it's okay. I mean it's awesome. It's it's really good. So next time you're in town, uh, we'll have to get together and grab a grab a beer or two at Kingston Mines. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll go out, rip some lips, and then uh, we'll go to 
we'll go to that far. Awesome, Shane. Well, hey, give the people um, your social media or any or any shout outs that you want to do right now. Um, I'll out. Uh, I will be including the uh, links to all of your social media and efficient in the show notes. But anything you wanna you wanna kind of plug? I mean, you know, feel free to follow me and reach out. And if you have any questions, you know, you can direct message me at, you know, Instagram.com slash efficient. And it is E-F-F-I-S-H-E-N-T. Yes, it's a, a pun somewhat or play on words, whatever you want to call it. Um, but, yeah, I'm I'm on there. I'm super responsive. Um, happy to point anybody in the right direction. And um, if you want to learn, I can help teach you. So, um I try to respond to everybody and, you know, give my best two cents. And um, if I don't know particularly what you're talking about, I can normally connect you with someone that does. Um, so it's, I don't know, just feel free to come on and join the movement and follow. You can follow me, my personal one, if you want to see, you know, videos of me playing guitar too. Um, I don't know. It's pretty much all that other one is. Uh, <laughs> that's Shane Stewart for. Um, so, yeah, but. A little bit of crossover with the fishing post. Sometimes I post them on my personal. I, yeah, false. I post them all the time on my personal. But um, but yeah, just awesome man. Reach out and do this thing. So well, we appreciate it, Shane. Um, thanks for coming on, taking the time, and we will talk again soon. Yeah, thanks for having me. We will definitely be in contact. Awesome. Take care, man. All right. Have a good day. All right. Thanks again to Shane for coming on the podcast today. Uh, I will put all of his social media links and ways to get a hold of him in the show notes. So make sure to check that out. Also, make sure you're following us on Instagram at Guided Lines Podcast. Shoot us an email if you'd like to get a hold of us, guidelinesinfo at gmail.com. And also, if you didn't rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes when I told you to in the intro, do that shit now. Uh, We really appreciate all the support from you guys, and we will talk to you next week.